0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: On this episode, I want to love somebody, love
2: somebody like you. Pre-combined draft crushes. Offensive prospects. I'm the columnist. I'm the analyst. And, and this is, is the, the Nick, Nick and Nolan, Nolan Show. show.
0: to the nick and nolan show a buffalo rumblings podcast with your host nick bat
2: sometimes i'll start a sentence and i don't even know where it's going i just hope i find it along the way
0: and bruce nolan
2: i once worked with a guy for three years and never learned his name best friend i ever had
1: Welcome everybody, thank you so much for joining us for this edition of the Nick and Nolan Show, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Nick Bat. you can find me on Twitter at N-I-C-K-B-A-T, and along with me as always... Bruce Nolan, you
2: can find me on Twitter at Bruce Exclusive.
1: Your anonymity is enhanced, even to me at this point. That's right. Because now you have a pop filter over your microphone which obscures half of your face, just like Wilson from uh, Home Improvement. Hi-ho, neighbor!
2: You know, if I could find a way to obscure my entire face, then then we'd be on to something. Yeah. Even if we're in the same room, you'd probably prefer a mask. Over oh, for it. sure. I have masks at home. I used it when I was on Instagram Live with Matt Perino. I, I think use- I should just start wearing it all the time. I remember. I remember. Well,
1: what we want to do today and tomorrow is we are going to talk about some of the draft prospects that are at the Combine. The Combine is ongoing right now as you are listening to this podcast. And you have finished all of your tape Reviews of the Prospects for the Year. Is that correct? No.
2: wrong I I haven't finished all of them. I'm still working on specific position groups, but I am done with multiple position groups.
1: Okay. So what we want to talk about for the moment are some guys that you have developed a crush on after you've done your tape review. And we're going to focus on offensive players today. Tomorrow we'll talk about some defensive players, and these will be guys that... You know, they're not Chase Young, right? Uh, the, one of the top prospects in the draft who's going to go, you know, one of the top two or three picks, right? Or CeeDee Lamb, who is easily one of the guys that everybody, Jerry Judy, you know, these are the guys that everybody likes at their position groups. Those are two wide receivers. So, Chase Young being the defensive end from Ohio State. So, these are guys who maybe are a little bit below the radar as far as that tier is concerned. But these are guys who you looked at and you
2: really liked what you saw. Yeah, when you're trying to define the word crush, right, for draft crush, it can't be something that obvious or else it wouldn't be very good content for a pod. But I try to find somebody that I think I'm probably higher on than most and someone who I enjoy watching on tape. Because really, it can become kind of a slog. You know, when I get into wide receiver 24, it can be kind of a grind, you know, and not not the good kind of grind. So... It is one of those scenarios where if I really enjoy my time watching you on tape and I think maybe I might be higher on you than potentially somebody else might be, I think that qualifies as a draft crush so we've defined the term crush and we'll we'll move forward and kind of go through some of these players okay the offensive
1: guys that you have come to uh, you come to share with us today, they are all either receivers or tight ends is that correct yes
2: are there um, have you finished your position like most of the rest of the offensive position groups I am I am part of the way through offensive tackle and I'm part of the way through running back and I have some offensive tackles I like and some running backs I like but for today we're gonna go through some crushes I've got wide receiver wise and crushes I've got tight end wise because I feel like I wanted to prioritize that tape because I think pass catchers is a big part of the Bills Mafia appetite this year and I want to get those done first. How many of each do we have? We have 3 tight ends on my crush list, thus far, and 2 wide receivers. Okay. Uh,
1: how do we want to can we talk about the guy? Okay, let's do what do you want to do first? I want to do tight ends first. That makes sense. It must be an ass man.
2: Boy. That escalated quickly.
1: And moving on, uh, (laughs) can you give me the tight end that is coming from the smallest, most obscure school?
2: I think the one that I have the crush on the most that comes from the smallest obscure school is Adam Troutman from Dayton. He's an Ohio boy. Okay.
1: Okay. So... I, I, yeah, let me ask you this. So tight ends, you know, there's a couple of different styles of tight end. There's the Lee Smith style tight end, which obviously I don't think most people would be talking about, you know, spending a, a significant amount of pod airtime on being a draft crusher over their blocking ability. But there's also the Tommy Sweeney, which is kind of the guy who can do everything good enough. And then there's the higher athletic ceiling, Dawson Knox, but Dawson Knox also is a very capable blocker, right? Mm-hmm. So, so where Then there's the tight ends like uh, Eric Ebron, where it's right. pri- it's primarily the receiving threat that they bring to
2: their team. What is this guy all about, Troutman? Adam Troutman is one of two tight ends in this class that I think have the potential to be an upper echelon, well-rounded starter starter in the league. And he can do everything you want him to do. Everything you want him to do, he can do. The question is, can he do it at a higher level of competition? Because, you know, Dayton... But the blocking (laughs) for Adam Troutman is a specific something that will jump off at you. But athletically, I mean, we're talking 6'5", 250, redshirt senior. He's still new to the position. Stop me if you've heard this before. He's a converted quarterback (laughs) who's fairly new to the system, but I think will test very well athletically. But... There's a level of competition thing with him. I mean, has anybody heard this? I know Ole Miss wasn't a legend level of competition thing, but there are some similarities between Adam Troutman and Dawson Knox.
1: Well, everybody wants to put every quarterback that isn't good enough to play quarterback anymore at the tight end position.
2: Yeah, so the difference is that Dawson Knox and Adam Troutman, a lot of those people you get to that, they don't have the level of physicality required to play the position at a high level. And Dawson Knox did, and I think Adam Troutman does too. I have him listed as positives blocking technique and ferocity are on the list dude will bury you i'm not worried about his ability his favorite thing by his own admission is moving a human man against their will that is his favorite thing about playing the position i don't want to go this direction but because you're bigger and stronger than me mr adam trotman you're gonna make me go this direction. like literally stealing someone's soul by saying I know you don't want to go this direction, but I'm bigger and stronger than you, and you're going to go that direction. That, that mentality does well at the tight end position. Mindset and route nuance I have on there. What do you mean by mindset? So this thing that I just talked about is part of mindset. But in addition, there's the little things to playing the position of tight end. It's not just big, strong, fast guys we want playing tight end. There's nuance to the game. You and I have talked about before, after the draft last year, that tight end is a really, really difficult position. And you have to have the right head about it in order to succeed long-term at the position. And Adam Trotman, when you listen to the interviews and you listen to him talk, he's got the right mindset. In addition, he has route nuance. I've watched him with some blaze-out routes against linebackers, and he just makes them look silly. There is some nuance to route running the tight end position that I think that a lot of times you don't get because you have sort of lumbering athletes. You don't get some of the nuance to route running. You don't get some of the, let's make sure we take two steps and make sure your head is turned inside before we pivot and make the next cut in our route. Things like that. You know, selling the first move before you go double move. The whole purpose of a double-move route is that they have to be able to bite on the first one. But if you as a route runner don't commit to the first one, there's no point in doing it. You might as well just run a, run a go, you know? If your sluggo is so bad that no one bites on the slant, you're just taking longer to get into your go route. So there's nuance to that, and he has that. For negatives, there is a pretty significant level of competition negative for Dayton. And he's new to the position. And he's got some rawness. But Adam Troutman, I have a day two grade on Adam Troutman. I think he compares very favorably to Dawson Knox. And he's one of two tight end players that I think this guy has the potential to be an upper echelon starter. Do you think you're higher on him than some? I've seen him as low as tight end seven. And I've seen him as high as tight end one. This tight end class is really wonky. And he's not my tight end one, spoiler for the next person we're going to talk to. He's my tight end two, but I feel really good about him. I don't think the Bills are going to draft a tight end high this year because I don't think they have the same affinity for 12 personnel the way that I do. But if we picked Adam Trotman at the bottom of the second, I would be very, very, very happy with that.
1: Interesting. What's his dynamism? Because that's a big part of what I think Bills fans want to see added to the offense, right? We're looking for dynamic playmakers, touchdown makers, right? Right. That's Brandon Bean's phrase recently, something along those lines. Would this guy play in that space in most people's minds?
2: Yes. I mean, it depends. Do you think George Kittle has dynamism? I mean, do do you think these these really strong, do you think Dawson Knox has dynamism? Because I do. I do, yeah. If you think six foot five, 250 pound guys who run four fives, you know, four five five, low four sixes. If you think that is dynamism, which I do, a matchup problem, then I think that Adam Troutman has dynamism.
1: Let's let's flesh this out a little bit and talk about the tight end position in general. This guy or the next guy. I'm assuming we're probably going to have this conversation twice, maybe even the third guy. The tight end room right now is a there's a lot of bodies in it. I mean, right? You've got Tyler Croft, Dawson Knox, Tommy Sweeney, Jason Kroom, and Lee Smith. Now, some people maybe Jason Kroom is a foregone conclusion that he's not going to compete, barring injury. Okay, I'll give you that. Lee Smith's contract is making him a little more sticky than maybe some fans want to treat him like. Tyler Croft. The bills you know, maybe considered upgrading with him or maybe they considered just adding to the room and seeing who sticks, right, come training camp whenever they, they were kicking the tires on Greg Olson. You've got Dawson Knox, who I think is a solidified commodity in the mind of the front office. So Tommy, so him, so Dawson Knox isn't going anywhere or not going to be used in lieu of someone else for the most part. Tommy Sweeney, I think, is that guy that's sort of on the cusp. Like, is he going to get more of an opportunity or is he going to kind of get relegated to practice squad type duties again? I think that depends a lot upon whether the room gets added to or it's left as is going into camp. I say all of that to say if we added Troutman... Would you want there to be some sort of move made to the remaining room so that he is going to get the run? Like, would you, you know, we've talked about how long developing this position is. So, would you be in favor of drafting Troutman and releasing Croft and then you have to run with Knox, who has his issues and is still young, and Troutman,
2: who is also a very young player? Yes. If Troutman got drafted, he walks in the door as TE2. And he is. there's no reason, from, aside from the leadership aspect, aside from the experience aspect, that you would give Croft snaps over Troutman, in my opinion. He doesn't give you the dynamic. The reason you drafted him was to get more dynamic players on the field. If you draft him for that reason, and then you choose to play Tyler Croft over him repeatedly— It defeats the purpose of drafting him. It's in this weird scenario where if you draft someone that high, you're drafting them to put them in the field, right? So you can't draft him that high and then say, well, you know, he's still new to this position. We're going to keep him on the bench the entire year. That would be drafted higher than Dawson Knox was drafted. I think Adam Troutman's a better prospect than Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox was my TE6, if you remember correctly. So if the Bills drafted Troutman,
1: would you want them to keep Croft and pay him what they would be paying him to be the third tight end in the rotation, or would you suggest moving on from
2: him? I would suggest moving on from him at that point.
1: Okay. Let's talk about your next tight end you want to share with. Tight end one. So we're going to go
2: tight end two, tight end one, tight end you're going to share later. Yep. Okay. Tight end one, Bryson Hopkins, Purdue. Redshirt senior, 6'5", 245. He is the other tight end in this class. I said there was two that I thought had a chance to be Upper echelon starters had a chance to be. They have the athletic profile for it. Bryson Hopkins is the second one. Bryson Hopkins has run a full route tree against Power Five Big Ten competition. That is rare. He's also an extremely strong athlete. I mean, strong to the point where in the four fives would not be unique. You know, 6'5", 245, run in a 4'5", that's pretty good. Pretty, 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 pretty good. You know, if he runs in the low to mid 4'5s, I would not be shocked. And this is someone who checks the boxes that Adam Troutman checks. Except, I don't think he's as good of a blocker, but he doesn't have the level of competition concerns that Troutman does coming from Dayton. Because Purdue, you know, you're going up against Wisconsin. You're going up against Michigan State. You're going up against Ohio State. You know, these are the teams, Iowa. You know, you're going up against Power 5 competition, which, of course, is the most significant drawback for Troutman. Hopkins, you're trading that drawback for I don't think he's as good of a blocker. He, His catching technique is not amazing. I've seen some double catches, some things like that. But there's nothing with Bryson Hopkins that I think cannot be fixed with coaching. He checks all the other boxes. I have an early day two grade on him. He's tight end one for me. And I really like watching him. It's just rare to see tight ends. I mean, do you remember me talking about the Dawson Knox tape last year and how incredibly boring it was to watch? I do. I hate the Ole Miss offense. I I watched it so many times last year. Because think about it. I watched it with Dawson Knox. AJ Brown. I watched it with AJ Brown. I watched it again with DK Metcalf. And I was sick and tired of watching that offense. I hated watching that offense. And watching it with Dawson Knox oh, look, a flare route. Oh, look, another flare route. Oh, look, there's one more flare route. Yay. <laughs> I, I had to prime my eyes open. I was like watching grass grow, it was horrible. Watching Bryson Hopkins tape is a breath of fresh air because the guy actually ran a route tree, which is unique, and he ran a route tree against Big Ten competition. So he's tight end one for me. Do you think that is he
1: more unanimously thought of in a similar way, like across the board? Is he considered? Or is he, is it also
2: still like kind of up and down with him it's, too? It's weird, man. I have seen, I've seen people who have Cole Komet as from Notre Dame as their tight end one. I've seen people with Thaddeus Moss as their tight end one. I mean, I saw some Harrison Bryant as tight end one. I mean, this is not a unanimous class of tight ends. and I am way lower on Hunter Bryant from Washington than most. I watched the film on him and I was like, I, I, okay. I, I, like He's he's fairly down the list. He's below one of the guys we're about to talk about, one of my other draft crushes. But most people have him as a day two person. I don't have a day two gra- grade on Hunter Bryant. This is a weird tight end class, man. It's like, depending on who you talk to, it's about your flavor. So I don't think it's unanimous about Hopkins. I don't think it's unanimous about Trapman. I don't think it's unanimous about anything. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and talk about your third guy then. Josiah Deguara, Cincinnati. Ooh,
1: sounds like a great Sunday Night Football name where they come Josiah up on Josiah Deguara, the- yeah, yeah.
2: University of Cincinnati. Right, right, right. Ball So Hard University. Ball So Hard University. Yeah, so Josiah Deguara, 6'3", 245, a little shorter. And 6'3", short. Yeah, shorter, right? <laughs> but I just love watching him. And really, this is a th- this is a thing where I think he lacks some of the top-end athleticism necessary to be a long-term starter in the league. But he could be a very, very reasonable tight end, too, for a long time. I love to watch him because... Just go do yourself a favor. I know you're not a huge draft nut like me. Type in Josara Deguara into YouTube and just watch him. The level of competitiveness you get from that guy jumps off the screen at you. Just jumps off the screen at you. Everyone else is going half speed, three-quarter speed, 80%. The man looks like his hair is on fire Hmm. every snap of every single game. I have effort written, underlined, circled, and then arrows are pointed to it. He has plucky hands. He has fluid motion. He's just not going to test super great. I feel about Josara Deguara the way that I felt about Jaquan Johnson last year. I loved to watch Jaquan Johnson. I'm just like, I don't think he's going to test super great. He's a football player. He's a football player. And I hate using that because it's a mayochism, right? But it's totally true. Not an athlete. He's a football player. He's right? a football player. I have a day three grade on Josiah Deguara. But if we picked him up in the fifth round, I would feel very similar to the way I felt when we drafted Jaquan Johnson in the 6th. I would give it an A+, plus. I would give it a standing ovation. I say that guy's going to be on your team for a long time. And you're just going to be really happy to have him. He's tight end number what for you? Josiah DeGuare is tight end 9 for me. Oh wow. Okay, so he is he is way
1: down the list, but so what are the things like that make him a crush for you whenever there were seven guys between you know, number two and number seven, the last words we talked Did about.
2: Did I mention the competitiveness and effort? <laughs> because I have it circled and underlined. And, and, yeah, arrows, stars and arrows. I understand. That's why. I love to watch his film. I enjoyed watching his film greatly. That doesn't mean that I'm going to, like, dismiss, because you know me by now. What I feel and what I think are completely separate entities, and they do not impact each other. Right? I want Josh Allen to be the greatest quarterback who's ever lived. That's what I want. Right. What I see on tape is he's not currently the greatest quarterback that's ever lived. Those two things are separate. So I love to watch Josiah DeGuara. I love to, but that doesn't mean I don't also know that there are multiple tight ends who project to the NFL better than he does because he may or may not have the athletic upside necessary. But he's certainly an upgrade on Tommy Tommy Sweeney. You know. So I think there is. I think there is room on your team for someone like that. Now, I think that someone like that would have a harder time being drafted into this organization. Because if you're going to add, like you said, if you're going to add a tight end to this room, it needs to be somebody who's going to beat out Tyler Croft, Tommy Sweeney, Lee Smith. And Josiah DeGuara would have a harder time doing that. So I think the chances are higher that we were to draft somebody higher because Brandon Bean wants touchdown makers than someone like Josiah DeGuara. But that doesn't mean I can't have a crush on the guy. Just because I don't think there's a chance for a long-term relationship where we could be happily ever after for a long time doesn't mean you can't have a crush. (laughs) You're
1: correct. No harm done. That's right. No harm done. We will take our first break, and we will come right back, and then we will continue talking about the other offensive players that Bruce has got a crush on ahead of the Combine. Stick with us. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for this edition of the Nick and Nolan Show. I am Nick Bat. That is Bruce Nolan. All right. And before we jump into the wide receivers, I do want to take a moment and just thank the handful of our listeners that either reached out to us via DM or actually reached out to the ART family directly because you, you knew them and you heard about what happened through our show, or people who reached out to us on social media and and shared that they had purchased one of the shirts from the 26 shirts campaign to benefit Matt Arndt, who is the brother of a friend of Bruce and my uh, Dan Arndt, who is one of the co founders of the Cleveland Bills backers where we're out of. And uh, Matt tragically passed away last month and uh, sold, I think, based on the numbers that del reed shared with me i think we sold close to 700 shirts for that campaign which is you know that's i think as much as anything else it's nice to just know that that many people or you know however many of them were familiar and went to the campaign and bought the shirt for the camp for the campaign not just for the design but um how many people you know are thinking of and want to support Maddie and and Kate and what they're what they're going through now. So, from Bruce and I both, a sincere thank you to everybody who participated in that. It's it's very meaningful and we appreciate it very much. Okay, wide receivers. So you're not going to tell me about Jerry Judy and Ceedee Lamb, are you? I am
2: not going to tell you. I mean, you, we can't talk about that if you like to. No, no, no. Okay. But...
1: So so give us. Whichever one you want first Give us a little bit on the wide receiver That you have a crush on One of those So two. this
2: one's going to come as a no surprise To anyone who's been paying very close attention To my Twitter account And also to our previous pods But Jalen Rager, TCU Is on the list for me Jalen Rager Is a player that I think Is going to get Lost in the shuffle of Draft people But I guarantee you he will not get lost in the shuffle for the NFL. I do not think he will be there when we pick in the second round. And in this draft class, that's saying something. Jalen Rager is not just a guy who's fast. And if you want to equate Jalen Rager with Brandon Ayuk, with KJ Hamler, and all the fast people, you're welcome to. But that tells me a little something about the way that you're looking at these players. Jalen Rager is the Russell Wilson of wide receivers in this class. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. Russell Wilson had everything you wanted in a quarterback. He was accurate. He had leadership capabilities. He had production. He had big hands. He had a strong arm. He operated in a pro system. He was just short. And plenty of people have gone on record as saying if Russell Wilson was two inches taller, he probably would have been a first-round pick, a high pick. And I think that's where we're at with Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager has speed, yards after catch ability. He can beat press. He stacks you unbelievably quickly. He has suddenness. He has acceleration. He has double moves. He's just not quite as tall. As you'd like it to. Now, he is thicker. than He's not a small guy. He'll he'll measure over 200 pounds, I think. He's not a small guy, but he is a fairly short guy. Now, there are some questions about the route tree coming from TCU, questions about the height, and occasionally there, there'll be a focus drop or two from Jalen Rager. But Jalen Rager will go up and fight you for the ball. He will fight you. He's not a tiny guy who's going to get out muscle. He's not going to get big boyed for the ball. How he'll tall go is get he? you. Jalen Rager measured in at five ten and five Ooh,
1: that is kind of short. Okay,
2: but he measured in at two oh six, with nine and a half inch hands, and thirty one and three eighths inch arms. So, don't don't misunderstand this as being because he's shorter, he can't go up and high point the football. He can't win in contested catch situations because it's not true. Jalen Rager is one of those players who would be annoying as all get-out if he's on the other team. And if he's on your team, you're going to love him. Sounds like a New York Jet to me. I am higher on Rager. I had him as wide receiver four over LaVisca Chenault. So if that tells you anything. Debo Samuel? I I have a better grade on Rager than I had on Debo Samuel. Kind of similar guy. Debo's a little small, right? Debo's a little shorter, yeah.
1: Debo's probably not as fast. Not as fast. Okay. Okay. You don't think he's going to be there when the Bills pick in the second round? I do not. Is taking him in the first round, even if the other three guys that you have ahead of him gone, taking him at
2: 20, what are we, 22? Yeah. Would that be a reach for you? Not for me, no. For some? For some, maybe. I have a first-round grade on Jalen Rager. If we pick him at 22 because Judy, Lamb, and Ruggs are gone, I'm fine with that. Okay. Okay. Who is the second wide receiver that you have a crush on? Van Jefferson, Florida. I love me some Van Jefferson.
1: Isn't there another guy, Justin Jefferson? There is a Justin Jefferson, LSU. But you don't have a crush on Justin Jefferson in the same way. Not in the same way. I there's varying degrees of crushes. You know. <laughs> Bruce is allowed to like whoever Bruce wants to like. Darn straight. All right. I like everyone. Bruce is just looking through the yearbook. Of this year's draft prospects and just heart after heart, yep. After, yep. heart yep. after heart after <laughs>
2: heart. I have not been doing draft evaluation, stuff like that, for fun as a hobby, which is what I've been doing for the last, goodness gracious, 20 years? Yeah. Yeah. I've been studying the draft as a hobby for 20 years. I have never seen a wide receiver class this good. Wow. Ever. It's very, very good. Okay, so tell us a little bit about Van Jefferson. Van Jefferson runs unbelievable routes if you give him control of the route stem. If you give Van Jefferson control of his route stem and say, yes, you can can freelance just a little bit at the top, it's not so much a timing route, just make sure you get open, Van Jefferson can shake you in a phone booth. I don't think he will be a dynamic athlete at the combine. I have concerns about his long speed. I have concerned about his ability to play above the rim. And I have concerns about his frame. He's a little thin, but I have routes underlined circled and arrows. His dad was a wide is, is a NFL wide receiver coach. So that's probably has something to do with his craft. I have effort, hands, body control, I have Stevie Johnson written next to him. Hey, I so like here's, that. here's my question. If you knew you were getting Stevie Johnson, would you spend a third round pick on somebody? Hell yes. I would. I would. And that was my argument with Van Jefferson. If you knew you were getting someone who, Stevie Johnson was not an unbelievably dynamic athlete, but if you knew you were getting that ability to separate in the short area, And the reliability, I don't think Stevie Johnson was a dynamic number one receiver. I don't think Van Jefferson has a ceiling of a dynamic number one receiver. But if you took the ability to get open in the short area that Stevie Johnson has, and that someone like Cole Beasley has, but you added more size to the frame, right? the ability to play outside, because I think Van Jefferson can play outside at the next level. How tall is he? Van Jefferson is, for some reason I didn't write it down. And I was like, I damn it, you're gonna ask me that because I literally didn't write it down.
0: Get your shit together. Get it all together and put it in a backpack. All your shit, so it's together. And if you gotta take it somewhere, take it somewhere, you know, take it to the shit store and sell it or, or put it in a shit museum. I don't care what you do. You just gotta get it together.
2: Get your shit together. Van Jefferson is 6'1 one and, a half and 200 pounds.
1: How tall is John Brown? Is that about right? John Brown's 5'10". Oh, really? So he's okay, so he would be bigger than everybody else pretty much.
2: Yeah. A lot of people think he can only play from the slot. I actually think with his ability to be press covers on the outside, I think he can play on the outside. Stevie Johnson can play on the outside. So, I think that if you knew you were getting that ability to separate in the short area. The reason I use there's there's better comps, but the reason I use Stevie Johnson is because that's the that's the people Bills fans are familiar with. If you knew you were getting Stevie Johnson, would you be willing to spend higher than the 7th round pick that the Bills spent on him? I think, yeah, you would. You wouldn't spend a first-round pick on Stevie Johnson. But when you get into day two of the draft, that's Stevie Johnson was a good player. Not a great player. Not an unbelievable player. Not a crazy dynamic player. Not a you know Hall of Fame wide receiver. Not a dynamic number one for years. It, Stevie Johnson was a good player. And I think Van Jefferson will be a good player. I think a ceiling is limited, but... I love to watch Van Jefferson run routes. If you, want, if you just love route running the way that I love route running as an art form, watch some Van Jefferson. Watch Van Jefferson versus LSU against a good secondary that's got two first-round picks in it. Christian Fulton will be a first-round pick in this year's draft coming out of LSU as a corner. And Derek Stingley Jr. will be a first-round pick probably when he comes out at LSU. And Van Jefferson had a good day against a really good SEC-level defensive backfield. He can play at the next level. You can't tell me he can't separate from NFL corners because he already did separate from NFL corners. I love to watch him play. What number is he for you? Wide receiver what? Nine, ironically enough. Because Josiah Deguara was tight at nine. Van Jefferson is wide receiver nine for me. I have him ranked above people who a lot of other people love, like Brian Edwards, Michael Pittman. T. Higgins? T. Higgins right below him. I have him ranked above Pittman, Hamler, Donovan Peoples-Jones, K.J. Hill, Courtney Davis, Tyler Johnson, Claypool, Brian Edwards from South Carolina. I have I have him ranked above all those people. Okay. Because so, I really, there's something about, I don't know, this is just a Bruce thing. I love players with really high floors. I don't know if it's just me being kind of risk adverse as a human being. But I love players where I go, you know what? Worst case scenario, he's a good receiver. I cannot imagine a scenario where Van Jefferson is a terrible receiver. I just can't. I cannot fathom him coming in and being a complete and utter disaster. And that probably just instinctually because of the way that I personally am wired. You know, part of this discussion we're having now is this is the first draft pod that a lot of people are going to hear with me. And it's important you understand that everything you hear from a draft guy is coming through the lens of that draft guy's biases. I'm just probably more open about mine than everybody else. One of my draft biases is I love players with high floors because the draft is such a crapshoot that I want to know worst case scenario I get something valuable. Boomer bust does not really fly with me very much. I have a tendency to subconsciously or otherwise, I guess it's not subconsciously if I'm talking about it, I have a tendency to knock boomer bust people because I don't like bust. All right. So
1: if the Bills were to add Jalen Rager to their offense and, you know, then you're running out with basically the top three being Rager, Beasley and Brown. Oh, yeah. That is a significant upgrade for you. Very significant. Yes. If the Bills are running with Jefferson, Beasley and Brown,
2: same story. It's an upgrade, but not a significant one. Okay. Because you're not getting the dynamism you're getting with Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager can do those things I was talking about. He can take a four-yard pass and take it 40. He can take a you know a six-yard pass and take it 60. You can get dynamic plays from Jalen Rager without deep balls.
0: That's what she said.
2: <laughs> so a lot of people go, well, oh, Josh Allen's deep ball sucks. Yeah, but that's not the only way you can get a big play from Jalen Rager. We talked about this before. It doesn't have to be a deep ball. It could be a yak guy. You know, if Brandon Ayak is your flavor, it could be that. What if we ask, what if we
1: do the same thing and we talk about the tight ends, though? Which of those guys, you know, brings a significant improvement to the offense that we roll out on the field of the three
2: guys that we talked about? Troutman and Hopkins both do. They both do. They both walk in the door as infinitely more dynamic weapons than we currently have. How big is the gap between Hopkins and Troutman? Not huge, in my opinion. Okay. I have day two grades on both of them. I don't think it's big. This is one of those things where I was talking about this on a pod with Joe Marino, where right now, one of the reasons we need more playmakers on offense is because right now, if you're trying to decide on formations, you have to decide between Tyler Croft on the field or Isaiah McKenzie on the field. Mm like that's Both of them are, are reasonable players, but none of them make you excited. You have to decide between Duke Williams and Tyler Croft. That's not dynamic enough for my taste. But if you add any of the people we've talked about, with the exception of DeGuara and Jefferson, who I have crushes on and who would improve it, but not—they wouldn't immediately walk in as clear and concise upgrades when it comes to making touchdowns. So here's a question about Jefferson.
1: Hypothetically, let's say the Bills go defensive end first round. Okay. Okay. Now, second round, they take somebody else, whether it's a tackle or it is uh, somebody else who fell that, you know, was a different position. And then they take Jefferson with the third round pick. And now at that point, that is pretty much, I mean, you're you're probably not going to get a whole lot more. Move the needle skill set after the third round, right? I mean, you're going to get guys you might like and you, you think have possibility, but as far as reliably expecting them to do something for your offense, you know, th- the door is probably closing on that pretty quickly. If the Bills did that, would you then hope very much that they did something to add dynamism in free agency? Yes. Or, 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 if, or if they didn't, that they're going to figure out a way to do that somehow?
2: Yes. Or they add dynamism as a singular trait later on in the draft. Someone like K.J. Hamler, right, who I actually don't think K.J. Hamler is going to be drafted on, you know, I don't think he'll be drafted super high. I think, he, I think there's a very reasonable possibility that K.J. Hamler's still on the board in fourth round. And I know that a lot of people don't think that, but I think that K.J. Hamler is a souped-up Isaiah McKenzie. And he does add dynamism. But you no longer have the ability, when you get in the 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th round, you don't have the ability to add dynamism as part of a well-rounded player. You have to add it as a singular trait now from someone like like K.J. Hamler. So if you're going to draft Van Jefferson in the 3rd and you didn't add any free agent wide receivers, I still think I need a touchdown maker because I don't think Jefferson fits that mold. He's a good player. I think he's an upgrade. He, I think he's a better player than Duke Williams and a better player than Isaiah McKenzie. So he upgraded. We did the thing that we needed to do. We upgraded. But if you want dynamism, you're going to have to add it as a singular trait later. All right. Well, I think we'll go ahead and leave it there. And then we'll
1: see you all back here again tomorrow. And we hope that you are enjoying getting Bruce and Nick twice a week as opposed to just once a week. Please, if you're willing, take a moment and head over to the iTunes store, whether you have a, an iPhone or a MacBook or an iPad or whatever, you can still go to iTunes.com and make an account, even if you don't have any of those things, and you can leave us a review on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast. We would love to hear what you think of the pod. It means a great deal to Bruce and I whenever we see the feedback, and we incorporate some things that people say. Now, if, you have, if you're going to go in there and you're going to tell us to get rid of the drops, Well, this is for you. I fart in your general direction. But other than that, we would love to hear from you. (laughs) But uh, thank you so much for joining us for this edition of the Nick and Nolan Show. We will see you again tomorrow. And until then, sweet dreams. Thinking about this.
0: I do the cha-cha like a sissy girl. I like a do the cha-cha.